Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, This is our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on life that's uh, going on around our church. And uh, we've got now a a routine guest, part of our senior leadership team, uh, Tom Lowen here today. Tom, say hi to everybody. How's it going? Uh, The last time you and I chatted uh, in this format, it was around Easter, talking about the early impacts of COVID. Right. So give us a sense. It's like of what, years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. In dog years and COVID yeah. years, that was 10 years ago. But uh, knowing that that, yeah, that was like six or so months later. Uh, how are things going these days? How's it gone? You know, even the last six months, talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, just like everyone, we kind of started with a bit of a scramble to figure out what this was going to mean. And by Easter, we realized we could be into this for a couple of months, and by August, I think we felt like we have no idea where we are or how far, how long we're into this. But it's almost becoming a bit of a bit of just the normal reality, at least for now. So, uh, I mean, at home, I'll say we're doing fine. Uh, we've got uh, we're. Sarah Jade, my wife, uh, she's a frontline worker, so that obviously affects kind of how we are dealing with this stuff. But um, we've come through the last few months when uh, we would probably, with our band, be doing a ton of gigging. And Sarah Jade is a wedding photographer. She'd be doing a ton of weddings. And we just kind of axed all of that. And we've had a ton of family time. And that's been really good and healthy. Uh, Now we're kind of into... Uh, some online schooling with our daughter and figuring all that stuff out. But we're feeling generally pretty fine about everything, Um, probably similar to other people. At work, it's been, again, just kind of going from figuring things out to establishing some kind of routine to now trying to figure out how we can do this for some kind of long haul without uh, either burning out or, uh, you know, just getting stuck in ruts. And so we're trying to keep each other encouraged, keep each other motivated and inspired and try to actually make some meaningful progress when it comes to the life and health of our church and, and the rhythm for Sunday mornings. So that's kind of a overview. Of- it's funny when you talk about the, the long haul, I mean, the whole journey is such a marathon and a daily analysis of kind of the stock market, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, as a, as a leadership team, our first kind of standing item in our weekly meeting is just a review of, okay, where are we at? What are the protocols this week? Mm-hmm. Ha, you know, has the government moved us to a different phase? What are the restrictions? What are the group size limitations? What does that mean for our programming? And it's, it's you know, some weeks are, are very... That, that's a very quick conversation because nothing's changed, but other weeks are, okay, you know, how, how are we going to turn on a dime again mm-hmm. this week in, in certain programs and how are we going to administer, you know, this aspect of our, of our ministry this week. And uh, it, it just, there's a lot that's the same month after month after month. And there's a lot that changes all the time, all the time. And it's, it's, it's been an interesting kind of, uh, juxtaposition of those two realities hasn't it totally even when you think about things like i mean early on we quickly came up with a protocol of who needs to go home every day with a camera to make sure that if we're in total emergency state lockdown 
we could still film some things and use the internet to send things around for editing. But um, since then, we've been able to do some things in person a little bit more. But it's a juggling match between are we, you know, are Sarah Jade and I leading worship from our kitchen? Or are we able to get into the studio and maybe have some volunteer involvement? And, you know, how many people can we have in the room? Uh, it's, it is. It's just every week we're trying to figure out what we can do and what we should do. And it's uh, a bit of a fun. Yeah. Every, every week is a season now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, let's pick up the conversation from where we last left off. And that would have been uh, right around prepping for Easter weekend. Um, talk about, for starters, just the first phase of our church's initial response to COVID, especially the part that you're responsible for, our uh, Sunday services. How would you have described that first phase? And now looking back, how are you, how are you feeling about that phase? First word that comes to mind is, uh, is panic or scramble. Uh, we, I mean, we thankfully, to be fair, we, we thankfully are, we're set up better than many churches because we already pre-recorded our sermons. We have a video staff. We have people who are skilled with recording. We have a, some studio space. And so we were able to actually pull some things together probably more easily than, than most. But philosophically, we we don't think about we weren't in a place of thinking about our services in a way that it could be like a tv show um we really lean into ideally uh the live experience so much for the for what we're trying to do so it was just a scramble to figure out how to do something meaningful and consistent and something that feels normal but also feels like it suits when you're watching it in your uh, living room or lying in bed in the morning uh, as opposed to trying to recreate what we would do in one of our auditoriums on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah, yeah, that certainly was one of the one of the early uh, almost decisions. Although it wasn't really a conscious decision, but what 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 was the tone of this this online experience going to be like? Was it going to be, you know, watch sort of the the standard church service from your home? Or was it engaged with other people at their homes, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, just tonally, I know that different churches have landed in different places on that. That was a big. Uh, that was a big piece of the early of the early season, for sure. Um, you know, more importantly, talk about the summer because I mean we have a kind of a philosophy around here every summer. What did you notice this summer, particularly? Uh, maybe accentuated or exacerbated by the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, our, our numbers tend to thin out, especially by August uh, with, you know, the cottage season and, and just the nicer weather. I think this year that was certainly exacerbated by the fact that because we had all been locked in our houses throughout the spring, and uh, I think there was a lot of just, when the weather finally got warm enough, you could go outside and uh, at that point, that was pretty much all you could do. You could hang out in your backyard or maybe go for a hike. It felt like that was just an absolutely important uh, lifeline for people. And so sitting in, I mean, the other thing I would say is that probably for a lot of people, similar to I know you and, and me, um, a lot of work was being done on things like Zoom or different online virtual platforms. And 
you know, even kids were coming out of learning, you know, shifting to like learning online. I think people were done with staring at their computer screens uh, and just needed some fresh air. And I, and we certainly felt that, and I don't think we were upset about that, but we certainly felt that with the engagement level with our services, our numbers early, early on, not that this is an exact science, but our early kind of YouTube views were in the like, I don't know, six to 800 range, which they tell you to multiply that number by about 1.7 to account for multiple people watching together. So that's a lot of engagement. And by the summer, it was probably half that. And uh, I think that's, again, I think that was very understandable and probably with really good reason. I think people's mental health required a little bit less screen time and a little bit more just get out and go for a hike. I talked to a lot of people who they did a lot more hiking, a lot more camping, a lot more cottaging, a lot more gardening, a lot more even than usual. And, you know, part of it, I would say, was even the the flexibility that the online service would provide people to kind of catch up. So maybe my Sunday morning real estate isn't all booked for attending an in-person gathering. Uh, but you know, that hour of experiencing the service, I can do that on a Tuesday afternoon or, a you know, yeah. And we actually found there was a season there where probably our numbers were almost half and half split between Sunday morning and Tuesday night was when, for whatever reason, people were engaging with the service. And that again has changed, but you know, we tried throwing out a Sunday evening service for a while to see if that would help people. But at the end of the day, I think people people were making a decision for their life and health based on what they needed to do at that time. And I think it was very understandable. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your comment earlier, like the summer is always around here embraced, frankly, as a Mm -hmm. season where people drift Mm -hmm. and they drift into other recreational or vacation things. And that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, 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 it definitely felt like this year compounded by the, by the pandemic, that that sense of drift was was higher than normal, and you know, to what you're saying is understandable. Um, since Labor Day, though, this is what I really want to talk about is, you know, since Labor Day, there's this window, especially from Labor Day through Thanksgiving, where we try to kind of kick off or launch our ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, for starters, talk about why you know this we call it our launch season. Why is that so significant for our ministries and for the people of our community? Probably for a lot of reasons, but I'd say like uh, for, for a lot of people, and certainly especially if you have, have school-age kids, the school year kind of is a, is a big shift. But I think there's a lot of things, whether it's sports leagues or different things that really sort of run that scholastic rhythm from September to June. Um there's a lot of competition for our time, for our attention, for our energy. We all have way too busy schedules uh, most of the time. That's probably most of our story. And that's the time when, the, when every single thing around us is pulling us to say, here's where you should be giving a lot of your attention and time and energy and money and all this stuff too. And if you're not careful, you can sign up and say all these yeses without realizing that every yes is a no to a bunch of other things. And what can happen is your faith commitments, your engagement in church and ministry and volunteerism and difference making 
and even in in just the regular weekly gathering with other Christians to be inspired in our faith and strengthened in our following of Jesus, it can suddenly become a casualty of all the other stuff we said yes to. And so we try to lead pretty strong right into September to say, uh, all those other great things are great uh, hobbies and interests and passions, and they're wonderful, but we want to give you the opportunity and give you a really compelling vision and reason to make Jesus the center of your life, not a, a last minute addition if you can fit it in, not just here in September, but for the coming year. And so we try to really capitalize on that season because it's a time when the decisions we make every September tend to have at least a, 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 a half-life of, of, you know, at least a, a 10 or so months in terms of uh, the impact it's going to have on us. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, to your point earlier, that, that, that era of fall kickoff in, in our whole lives, not just the church, but that era... Um, that era of giving God your yes or your first yes or the most of your yes mm-hmm. or of, of all the other yeses that you could give in that season, that really is the tool typically to recovering from the drift of the summer, isn't it? Right. That, that you know, we embrace the drift of the summer, but then it's like a rally cry to call all of us back together and all hands on deck and let's, you know, let's, change the world together and let's be shaped into the image of Jesus together. And let's go for it with God together as we, as we reframe, you know, the yeses that we're going to give this year. So talk about then this launch season when we haven't been able to, to do that in-person gathering and convening and rallying in the same way. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, there have been years in recent past where, you know, that, that September launch wasn't just a Sunday message series it has come with evening services and getting together for dinner as a church and all kinds of of uh just energy into celebrating where god is going to lead us in the coming year and how we want to be totally into that and when all we really were able to do was to put out a you know one hour video that you could watch or not watch and Quite honestly, the, the numbers based on YouTube views from August and September, they weren't really that different. It was just hard to have that same kind of rallying. I mean, because what we do is so incarnational and so community-driven, when we can't gather together, look one another in the eye and say, hey, I'm in, are you? That's just, that's just not the same kind of enthusiasm-generating experience and and. Again, we're not blaming ourselves or anyone else. This is a function of what I think has become referred to as unprecedented times. Hashtag unprecedented times. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. It just felt. I, I mean, to I, I sort of have two feelings about it. One, around here, we were as excited as ever to feel like we were heading into a season where in addition to surviving a global pandemic and trying to be good neighbors to the people here in Niagara, we actually got excited about a bunch of things we feel God is leading us to do this year, even in spite of these limitations. And so it's our enthusiasm and excitement and vision was high, but our capacity, I think, to spread it and infuse it and rally our community around it 
we just didn't have the same gears or mechanisms to, we didn't have the same levers to pull to make that actually happen. Yeah, we, we've lost, I mean, it's, it's now that we're realizing that we've lost that convening power mm-hmm. to rally people around where, where God's leading us in the same way. And it's, it's funny, you know, for those, for those listening, you're probably feeling some of this. This is, this is what we've been processing internally as a leadership this, these last number of weeks and months that, you know, that first spring era of COVID, we kind of all experienced the same. It was all hands on deck. And it felt like at some level, anything that the church provided was a bonus. <laughs> We're all kind of upside down and making it up as we go. The summer is always a season of drift, probably compounded this year because people wanted more cottage time, more recreation, more outdoors, all that. Uh, which we all we were all in that same space, but now in the fall, this is really the 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 first kind of critical season, because what is supposed to reconvene and what is supposed to help us recover from that summer drift isn't reconvening us and isn't helping us recover from that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, you know, now we 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 find ourselves in a very kind of uh, critical place. You know, for starters, I'd love you to just to comment on what you're seeing in the online service engagement. You've talked about some of the numbers already, but, um, you know, when you think about now the fall season, it's understandable in the summer. But when you think about the fall season, what is your sense of why, you know, quote unquote, regular churchgoers might be engaging less with our online services and finding less drift recovery through through the online service experience? Well, I mean, I, I know that there are a lot of, we, we actually just, our team spent some time this week looking at some of the, uh, some of the numbers that you can look at behind the scenes in terms of views and engagement and how long people watch for. And there's some of that stuff, but to be, com- to be completely frank, I, I don't know how good we are at interpreting or even understanding that data. So I don't want to lean too heavily on numbers. I would say that anecdotally, I've chatted with a lot of people. And I have found, first of all, that the, that the people that I talk to who are, are really being committed to engaging with the experiences that we're doing are finding this to actually be, become a season of heightened spiritual vitality. There are those stories out there. So I don't want to paint an entirely bleak picture. Um, the, but the reality is, is that many, many people that I have talked to have found engaging, continuing to engage very difficult. I was chatting with a friend just today who was really engaged right away. And then summer kind of came and it was more fun to go hiking or whatever. And I totally understand that just like what we talked about and kind of felt the, all right, September, let's get back into it. But has found that difficult for, because of work rhythms or because, you know, kids are in the house and there's, you know, it's just, it's a bit of a chaos, and uh, I think I think a lot of people also are feeling what we feel, which is that while the services we're putting together are really good, um, what they miss is the community. What they what they miss are things we can't provide through a screen fully, and so yeah, we're just finding that that in a lot of ways people aren't necessarily coming back in droves or uh, sitting eager at 9.59 on Sunday morning, ready to dive into another Sunday experience as much as we would be hoping. 
Yeah, and knowing that Sundays typically this time of year have just been a, 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 a convening agent to rally people for the whole lifestyle of full devotion and the whole vision that we sense God has for us. Um, you know, without being able to do that this year, without being able to reconvene um, and knowing how critical that is, especially in the fall for drift recovery, that means that this is now a season for us as a senior leadership of figuring out how do we do drift recovery differently? Mm-hmm. If, if the online service isn't going to fully help us get there, it's only going to play a small role in helping us recover from that fall rhythm of drift. Um, you know, the, the real question right now that we're asking as a leadership is you know, how can we stimulate drift recovery in different ways? So talk about that a little bit and some of the steps that we're thinking of taking to stimulate drift recovery outside of just the online experience of our weekend service. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, personally, I know both you and I have experienced this in some of the uh, last couple of weeks. We've had the opportunity to sit down for you know, a coffee or a, a chat in somebody's garage or a, on a patio somewhere to just sit down with people and hear how they're doing and connect with them and do some re-envisioning of why we're doing what we're doing and just have some church talk uh, that allows people to see that there's actually a lot of great stuff going on uh, that that they may not even be able to see because we're not all around together. And I know that both you and I have actually seen you know, eyes lighting up and passion returning, almost like blood returning to your face. Uh, there's there's people who who just through some of those um, private interactions are are realizing what God's up to and coming alive in their excitement about what's happening at Southridge, which is super super exciting. Uh, I've had a number of those conversations and have a few more right now on my calendar, and we've talked about rallying our leadership team and our elders and our location pastors to see if we can all get out there and do this in much more of a one-on-one kind of a way. We've talked about maybe seeing if we can find a way to do a series of like town hall meetings where we actually can get into the same room and leverage that, that power of convening, the power of being in the same room together where we can hear how people are doing and talk about some of the things that we're seeing and excited about. Uh, We've talked about, uh, many of you will know that in years past, we've done something called Catalyst Teams, where we will invite people to be a part of something that invigorates some core people to really get excited about what God's up to and understand better what our current thinking is about how the kingdom can grow through us at Southridge. And we've talked about doing something like that maybe in the new year. Um, Certainly, I think as much as possible, we just, more than just putting out a product you can watch or participate in, we want to get into the lives of our people and make sure that we're feeling connected and in the loop and have a shared sense of enthusiasm for what God is up to, because God's actually still up to a whole lot around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask a little bit more contentious question. I wonder if there are some of us wondering this, if, if the summer was a season of drift and in the, the inability right now to reconvene in the large group gathering that typically plays the role of drift recovery, I, I appreciate you walking through some of these strategies that we're, 
we're trying to respond to now to create new ways of drift recovery. But I guess what I'm wondering is what happens if people's drift doesn't recover? Yeah, good question. Well, the thing is, uh, the thing is, I mean, we are all, let me back up from your question a little bit. We are all, and not just we at the, on staff at the church, but all of us as Christ followers are in the business of drift recovery all the time. Drift recovery isn't just a September issue of, of churches. Uh, there's an old hymn that says, uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And there is something in the human condition, even though we are made in the image of God and imprinted with so much beauty and good and vitality in who God has made us to be, there's something in us, the human condition that we sometimes call sin, which has a gravitational pull on our spiritual vitality. And so we are prone to wander, prone to drift. And uh, to drift for a day is one thing, a week, you know, a couple of months over time, we actually begin to lose our connection to the presence of God. We begin to, um, you know, undo the work that the Spirit has been doing in us, and we can find ourselves, you know, the the, the we just came through last year a, a season of going through the Book of Galatians, which ends talking about, you know, what if you sow to the Spirit you are going to reap a life in the spirit. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap a life in the flesh. And so if we aren't doing the work as Christ followers on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis, that drift is going to swallow us whole and drift is going to turn into uh, like a gulf, a chasm of a spiritual void that then has massive implications on who we are and how we're living and the degree to which we're actually experiencing the kingdom of God all around us. And so I would say, without painting too bleak of a picture, if we as a church, if we as Christ followers don't remain committed to not just in this season, but in all seasons, living lives of drift recovery, and even beyond just um, recovering from drift, you know, in sports they say the best defense is a good offense. I think I'm getting that right. It, if we... If we're not even going beyond just making up for the losses, but actually thinking about the gains, thinking about who we are becoming in Christ, not just whether or not we're on the right side of the fence, but are we growing? Are we maturing? Are we, are we actually realizing the full potential of why God has given us his spirit in the first place? If we don't engage in that kind of stuff, we're going to get left behind it. And the, the good news is God's kingdom will persist. It doesn't depend on my enthusiasm level. The kingdom of God will persist. The church will persist. And God will have his way. But do we really want to be the kinds of people who miss out on that? Do we really want to be the kind of church that doesn't get to be part of what God is doing here and now and seeing the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? I mean, I want to be part of that. I'm not willing to let my personal drift or the convenience of just not opening the laptop on Sunday morning or, you know, the, it's easier to just to, just to not, I'm not going to let that be the thing that stands in my way of experience, everything that God has for me and for us. Yeah. So, um, and, and just to make a, bit, a little disclaimer here for those listening, um, when you talk about the, the, the natural propensity to drift away from God, 
the drift that we're talking about in the summer, kind of away from Southridge, there is a difference between spiritual drift and community drift. For sure. I don't want somebody to hear, oh, you know, you haven't been engaging in the online services or you haven't connected with our community. Therefore, you're in a bad place spiritually. That may not necessarily be true. But there Definitely. generally does seem to be a relationship. The whole reason we are a church is because it takes a village to raise a family, to raise people into God's image. And, and we need each other in, in that sense. Um, you right. know, in, in, uh, in Ephesians, it says, as each, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Like we need each other to be all that God wants us to be. And so there is some relationship, but it's not an exact relationship between our personal spiritual vitality and our relationship with our with our church community but to the degree that there is a relationship and to the degree that it does take two to tango it's not just the leadership or the church's job to re-engage my drift um, but that all of us as listeners and as members we've got a role to play what would what would some of your encouragements be for us as church members when it comes to drift recovery? How can we better engage with online services or encourage others in our circles? Or are there practical steps that you'd encourage each of us to take right now that are critical to stimulating recovery from that summer drift, which seems to be extending longer into the fall season than we might've expected typically? Yeah, definitely. I, I, a couple of things. I mean, yeah, I would love to encourage people to stick with the online services. Uh, there's a lot of, it's a bit of a hub for a lot of the things that are going on that can help you stay connected to even some of the ways that we are feeling God is leading us as a church. Um, but I would say even, even if you like, if you can, if it's something that's appropriate for you to be able to engage in a service service like with your life group or with your family or with a community, and you can do that with people, I think that's a better way to experience the service than just watching it by yourself. Um, and uh, I would even, you know, I wonder about what it would take. I know that even those listening to this podcast probably are not necessarily the center of the bullseye of drift. Um, if they are still engaging at this level, uh, but I would say what, you know, I would encourage you maybe on a Saturday night to shoot a text to some people, some friends and say, Hey, I'm watching the service tomorrow morning. Will you watch it with me? And we'll talk about it afterwards would be a great thing that we could do to help each other uh, stay engaged and stay connected. Um, I would say that if you're feeling like you're experiencing some of the community or relational drift, reach out to a ministry leader or to one of our staff, one of our uh, pastors or leadership team members that you know, we'd love to sit down and chat with you about it. Um, and yeah, if you hear about these like town hall or catalyst groups, we'd love to engage people in that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, to me, to me, there's a, we got to take responsibility for each other in this and, and reach out and try to engage together as a community in recovering each other's drift. Yeah, yeah. And and for me, I would say that the, the biggest thing that I've sensed that's been helpful uh, is just naming that. Mm-hmm. Because as I've been having conversations with people, I've been describing kind of the spring compared to the summer, compared to the fall and how critical the fall is and what we have or haven't been able to do. And all of a sudden, that's where you see the eyes light up because it's like, oh, you're naming what I'm feeling and it's actually not me. It's not my fault per se. It's just a product of where the pandemic has us as a community and what we're capable of doing. And, and that awareness then awakens 
people to kind of remediate it with different behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're listening, uh, know that we know that this is the season that we're in and that we're responding to it. And we want to invite you to respond to it along with us. So, uh, Tom, as we wrap things up, any final encouragements or challenges to those listening when it comes to this critical era in the pandemic of drift recovery this fall uh, around our community? Yeah, I probably would feel two things. The first would be, I, I know that we're having kind of the, the, maybe it's a bit of a heavy conversation or we're talking about some of these challenges. I know that for different people in our community, this whole pandemic experience has been challenging and hard in different ways. And I would just want to say more than anything else, we get it and we love you and we're not trying to put unrealistic pressure on you. I know that many of us are feeling like we just are trying to survive. And uh, there's no unrealistic expectation or pressure on anyone. We want to help people survive and we want to help people uh, continue to experience the love of God and the benefit and power of our community through an incredibly lonely and difficult time for many. And so know that we love you, know that we care, know that we're here and trying to do our best, even given the limitations. Um, yeah, and last of all, I would just say, just like we've been saying on Sundays, uh, you know, we are trying to, in this season that is so difficult, where we are all trying to just navigate and survive a global pandemic while trying to still be a community and serve God and see God do good things among us. Uh, let's continue to be good, good uh, Christ followers in his call to love our neighbor and to be the kinds of people who are caring for those around us, supporting one another in any ways that we can. Uh, we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus in such a unique way in this season. And so where you see, whether it's people drifting away from Southridge community or people drifting away from hope or being, you know, drawn into sort of the, the fatigue of this season. Let's be there for each other as best we can. Fantastic gang. I hope this has been helpful and awakening and maybe even inspiring to you uh, in the season of the pandemic where we find ourselves. Uh, We're going to continue navigating together uh, this journey of being a faith community and spiritual family that we consider a privilege and we hope that you'll continue to, to track with us Uh, And we'll see you next week as we keep finding our way together. Take care, everybody.